Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and SWE's blog all together at altogether.swe.org. Hi, I'm Jessica Rano, past president of the Society of Women Engineers, and I'm also a district operations manager at Amerisource Bergen. Welcome to the WE18 podcast series. We're broadcasting from the Minneapolis Convention Center in the WE18 Spark Center. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Karen Chan. Karen is a SWE ambassador in Canada and senior manager, agile coach at TD Bank. Karen double majored in mechanical engineering and English at the University of Western Ontario, now Western University. Karen has had a successful career in roles that include sales and applications engineering, design, quality, and a senior project engineer. She's also had roles in government relations, media, technology consulting, and banking. Thank you, Karen, for joining us here today. Thank you, Jessica. I'm really excited to be here today, and I've been really looking forward to this conference for the past couple of months. So can you start by just telling us about your career path in engineering? It sounds like you've had quite a variety of experiences. Yes, so I read a lot when I was a kid, and I read these books about um, these high school students who were selected to colonize Mars, and that really sparked that desire to be a pioneer for me. I thought I would be, I would study, you know, architecture and space science, you know, I was a teenager, thought I could do everything, um, and that was my path. When I was 17, I was fortunate enough to meet a Canadian astronaut, her name is Julie Payette, and uh, at, at this program for Canadian space ambassadors. Uh, when I met Julie, she told me, I, and I told her that I wanted to be an astronaut, she said that to be a Canadian astronaut, you needed to have three things be bilingual, have good health, and a science degree. And unfortunately, architecture did not count. So when I applied to university, I decided to go into engineering because that was the closest thing to architecture. Looking back on my career, um, from my time as a quality engineer in the plant, as a launch engineer for uh, new vehicle programs, as a Lean Six Sigma lead in digital media, and then as an implementation lead and now a scrum master and agile coach in technology, um, the theme of process improvement really runs through. And that's what engineer has brought engineering has brought to me. Um, it's constant, continuous improvement to make things better. So while I never made it as an astronaut, I'm pretty happy with how my engineering career turned out. I wanted to be an astronaut too, and obviously that didn't happen either for me. So, but it is, I think there's a lot of people that go into engineering because astronaut, it just sounds so cool. It is. My daughter wants to be an astronaut because I want to be an astronaut. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So you double majored in mechanical engineering and English, which are pretty opposite subjects. Uh, how has your English degree helped you in your career as an engineer? So English is a different type of critical thinking from engineering, which is what I really liked about it. Uh, when, I when I majored in English, I did it because it was fun, but I never thought it would really use it. I was going to rely on engineering for my career. However, once I graduated, my English degree was very useful because it helped distinguish me from other engineers. I could write. So it was particularly useful in sales and writing technical proposals with proper smelling and grammar. And then later when I went to consulting, um, writing professional polished proposals and reports. In my current role, I work a lot with executives and leadership. So that polish is quite important. 
Yeah, that's really important to be able to do, besides just the writing part, the presenting side, I, I also majored, I had a technical communications minor, and that really helped to be able to do, and it, like you said, it really distinguishes you from other, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, other people that may be applying for a job. For sure. So you first heard about SWE in 2004 when you were working for GM. Can you tell us about your involvement in SWE then when you, you know, first heard about it and how your employer supported you? For sure. So in 2004, I was a design engineer at the GM Canada office in Oshawa, Ontario. I was asked by our director of engineering to attend the SWE National Conference in Milwaukee as a GM Canada delegate. Uh, GM was and is a platinum partner platinum partner with SWE. Mm -hmm. And that year, several women from, uh, from GM USA were speaking about their experience uh, job sharing their role as an engineering manager. Job sharing, especially at such a senior level, was very new and not very common. So GM was quite proud of, uh, of pioneering this new policy. Yeah. So when I arrived at the WE National Conference in 2004, I was blown away by the scale of the conference and how organized it was. In Canada, the number of engineers is much smaller, I think 10% of what you have in the U.S. And so the proportion of women is, um, as well, percentage-wise, much smaller as well. So what prompted you then to become a global ambassador for SWE and advocate on SWE's behalf in Canada? So in 2004, when I returned home from Milwaukee, I wanted to be part of SWE, but there wasn't really a global program in place. Mm -hmm. So I kind of forgot about it. Life went on. <laughs> um, and then uh, a few years ago, well, eight years ago now, I decided to do more volunteer work back with the profession. I'd come back home from an international assignment. I was off maternity leave and finished my MBA. So I wanted to give back to the community that I lived and worked in. And that, for me, meant engineering. I started by joining the board for the Professional Engineers of Ontario, Lake Ontario chapter. And from there, I was then recruited to the board of directors for the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers. So PEO is our regulatory body in our province, and OSPE, uh, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers is our advocacy body. We work okay. hand in hand. Think um, in the law profession, you have the Bar Association and the mm -hmm. Law Society. So, so, so okay. it's, it's set up similarly. So during my tenure as the OSPE Vice Chair and President-elect, uh, SWE reached out uh, to OSPE about hosting a brunch in Toronto and they were looking for a panelist. And that's how I was invited to be a panelist okay. there. So at that panel, it, it re-sparked my interest again in SWE and I started looking into what it would mean or what it would take to become a member. Um, so this ultimately led me to become an ambassador and I later co-founded the SWE Durham Canada affiliate. So as an ambassador, what are your goals for SWE in Canada? So as an ambassador of SWE, my goal is to introduce SWE to Canada as a relevant and value partner organization. There are approximately 1,700 engineering associations across Ontario and um, definitely much more across Canada. It's very fractured engineering support in our in my country. Mm -hmm. As an organization based in the U.S., it'd be very hard for SWE to compete with that saturation. Um, but as a partner, SWE can find synergies with existing Canadian organizations and supplement their offerings. I am currently focused on growing awareness of SWE and partnerships with similar organizations such as OSPE and PEO and Engineers Canada. As an ambassador and as the founder of the SWE Durham affiliate, I've worked with local universities in the area doing volunteer work and discovering where SWE affiliates could be valuable within schools. Yeah, that's great. You know, we've really found as SWE has expanded internationally, those partnerships have become really important because, you know, it's an already an established organization in the country that people know about. So it's a great way to connect. Yes. Well, good engineering. You don't reinvent the wheel. Leverage <laughs> what exists. Exactly. So what could women engineers in Canada benefit most out of being affiliated with SWE? 
So what attracted me or what I thought was um, so valuable about SWE was the professional development opportunities. Um, it's very unique for women engineers, uh, especially the access to webinars and content that we have on our website and that you have access to as a, as a member. I find that people are really hungry for this content, students, uh, women uh, who are going through university and going through those programs especially, they don't really understand what engineering is. It's hard for us to explain what engineering is because it's so broad. <laughs> and so being able to hear different uh, stories, hearing those sessions, how a day in the life of an engineer at NASA, a day in the life of an engineer um, at Amerisourcebergen, um, a day in the life of a, at uh, Amerisourcebergen, um, I think it's it's really helpful for people to understand and see what kind of roles and what kind of opportunities are are in engineering. Access to the content is really really valuable, and that's why I think it's beneficial for SWE to partner, especially with the students and the universities, um, as well as for professionals who are maybe looking for a change or trying to understand where they want to go. Yeah, we find that a lot. You know, a lot of the engineering organizations focus very tightly on their you know, what their organization is. And mm -hmm. SWE is such a nice broad base of professional mm -hmm. development yeah. that we can offer. So yes. both available through webinars and in-person yes. conferences and events. Yes. And for me personally, like since I've become more involved as an ambassador, having that network, uh, meeting people has been amazing. Um, two years ago, the first time I attended this conference as an ambassador, I didn't know anyone. And I met, I made friends. I made friends with some of the ambassadors here. We have a WhatsApp group. And today, you know, or the past two days, volunteering at our global booth, we've been, I've been so fortunate to meet so many people, um, fellow ambassadors, as well as other attendees here at the conference. It's been fantastic. It's excellent. Yeah. The, more, the problem is, though, when you know more people, it's harder to walk through the hallways. You keep getting stopped <laughs> and have to talk to people. But that's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part, too. Yeah. So, so let's talk about licensure. It's, um, can you talk about the importance of licensure and why it might be important for women to pursue engineering careers in licensure? For sure. So in Canada, uh, it's unique that engineer and professional engineer are protected terms. You actually cannot call yourself an engineer if you're not licensed as a professional engineer by one of our regulatory bodies. To become licensed, you must have graduated from a, a Canadian Engineering Accreditation Board program or CAB program or academic equivalent if you're internationally trained. Um, you must pass the professional practice exam, also known as the ethics exam, and demonstrate 48 months of the application of engineering skills and knowledge. An engineering education is incredibly valuable, and so engineering graduates are highly sought after. The size of the career fair here is a testament to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having a professional engineering license is that next level up. As a PN or as a PE here in the States, um, your, uh, your licensing here in the States is. Yep. Um, I am trusted to practice engineering responsibly, ethically, and with high integrity. So no matter what you do or where you work, engineering is really about helping people, whether it's safe drinking water or stable structures or innovative tech like surgical robots or bioengineering beating heart tissue. Engineers underpin the growth and advancement of society. Women are 50% of the population, and so I believe that they should be 50% of the population that makes the world a better place. We should be 50% of finding the solution. Yeah. It affects all the, I mean, it affects women and men equally. Yeah. So it yeah. shouldn't just be one-sided. It should be representative of our population for sure. Yeah. So based on a 2016 report from Engineers Canada, which is a national uh, organization, um, the percentage of women enrolled in engineering programs is approximately 20%. However, less than 13% of practicing licensed engineers are women. Uh, a lot of, we lose a lot of women during that 48-month uh, experience summary piece where okay. they have to demonstrate their application of engineering knowledge. 
um, to address this, Engineers Canada, in collaboration with provincial regulators and other stakeholders, is working to increase the representation of women within the engineering field through its 30 by 30 initiative. This, this initiative has the goal of raising the percentage of newly licensed engineers for women to 30% by the year 2030. And I think this is aligned to SWE's goal to have more women join the profession as well as become professional engineers. Yes. Um, so you, you're kind of starting to touch on it about the future generation of STEM. So those 30 by 30 people. Um, how important is this and what's your role in being involved in that? Well, in order to meet that 30 by 30 goal, we need to make sure the pipeline is full. This means encouraging girls to pursue STEM and women to pursue engineering education and then continue through in their engineering careers. Personally, I do a lot of volunteer work about this, speaking to kids and university students about my engineering journey and being actively involved with organizations dedicated to supporting STEM education and opportunities for kids. Through PEO and OSPE, I'm engaged in supporting National Engineering Month. National engineering Month. All across Canada in the month of March, there are many activities and activities and events dedicated to promoting and celebrating engineering, from kid-focused activities at the Science Center to bridge-building competitions and technical talks and special presentations. NEM is always a very fun time for me. I also sit on the board of Hervolution, which is a charity dedicated to providing access to women and girls in underserved communities to STEM-based education and employment opportunities. It's a really interesting opportunity that you're involved in there. So what advice do you provide to young women studying engineering or young women starting out in their path of engineering? So for me, engineering has always meant possibility. Wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do, engineering will help you get there. And I think it's really important to say that if you don't know where you want to go or what you want to do, engineering will help you figure it out and maybe help you blaze that new path. Um, when I graduated from mechanical engineering, I never thought that my start in manufacturing would lead me to lobbying government or managing ad systems or coaching people on how to build software products. Engineering helps you to keep your options open so that you can explore and jump on opportunities when they come up. You know, it really is quite a flexible opportunity. I mean, you know, engineering, you may major in one thing and end up working in completely different areas in engineering or, you know, whatever, like you just said. So sure. it's a great base. Yes. So it sounds like you're really busy at work or any, you know, your outside activities being involved in SWE and other things. And it sounds like you have kids. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you achieve a work-life balance uh, in with balancing all those different things? So I am highly organized and I like to be busy. Uh, I think it's important to be actively engaged in the things that matter to you. For me, that means engineering and I give back with my time and effort through board work and advisory councils. My husband is also an engineer, and he does a lot of volunteer work as well. He's been super, super supportive throughout this entire journey, both in my professional career as well as in my volunteer work. And it's been incredibly important to both of us for our kids to understand the work that we do um, and why it's important. And so we try to include them as much as we can. My son took part in TD's Technical, Liter Technical Digital Literacy Day. And my daughter volunteers with me at the NEM Bridge Building Competition every year. And both kids love being part of the STEM space camp that Hervolution Her organized this summer. I truly believe that if something is important to you, you find a way to make it work. And so all these things, all these organizations I support, I find them meaningful and important. And they're something that I can do. So I find a way to make it work. It's yeah, great. So, Karen, thank you so much for joining us here today at We 18 and sharing your experiences, insights and advice for women engineers.
Applications to become a Swede Global Ambassador like Karen open up in the spring. For more information about becoming a Swede Global Ambassador or affiliate, visit swede.org slash international dash member. I'm Jessica Rano, and for all of us at SWE, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud. If you have not already made plans to be part of the largest gathering of women engineers in the world, visit our WE18 conference site, we18.swe.org. Information on housing, registration, and keynote speakers is now available.